Um, I'm sorry, uh, secret? Yeah, the secret to keeping it all together. Yeah. You sound like you're cool, calm, and collected. Oh, I try to keep a level head. What's your Enneagram type? We are big on personality tests here. Oh, I'm a two, the helper. No kidding. I would have pegged you for a three, an achiever. Oh, wait, maybe I was a three. I got hardcore into the Enneagram a while ago, but I've sort of forgotten some of it. My brain's kind of overloaded with information. I guess something had to give. <laughs> Stuffed with code languages, I bet. Uh-huh. So, want to hear about what we do here at Chameleon? Mm-hmm, absolutely. We're developing an app that knows if you're going to commit a crime before you even do it. Whoa. Wow, that sounds... Incredible, oh. right? Think about what it could prevent. Suicides, abuse, or even simple mistakes. I bet you can even think of something you'd like to go back and change, right? Alex? Realm presents Memory Lane Season 2, Episode 3. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Every five minutes, someone dies while waiting for a compatible donor heart, liver, or kidney. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists strive to engineer an animal with human-compatible organs, thereby saving millions of lives. But these ancestors are not the docile herd animals they envision. Instead, the project spawns something big, something evil, something hungry. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Casa de Amizaj Center for Health and Wellness, California, July 2nd. I open my eyes slowly. For once, I've had a decent night's sleep. But when I look around, I draw in a breath. I have no idea where I am. I shoot up in bed, blinking hard. I'm in a white room that's mostly empty save for a large bed and dresser. Morning sunlight streams through the window. When I look down at the sheets, they're patterned with tiny Swiss dots. I've never seen them before. I stare at my hands, my heart ratcheting faster. The door creaks open and a woman walks in. When she sees I'm awake, she smirks. Wow, been a long time since you outslept me. Who are you? Alex. It's me. I don't know you. I'm sorry. Not funny. It's Cassie. Come on, what the hell is wrong with you? Have you had a stroke? And then, suddenly, I realize it's my mother. Cassie. Of course. You're at Judith's, Amizaj, remember? You came yesterday. 
Followed me here, actually. Chewed me out because I came without telling you? Yeah. Sorry. I must have been in a really immersive dream. My heart is pounding. But this is all coming back to me. Don't bullshit me. I'm not going to pretend anymore that I don't see what's going on. I know this has been tough for you. For all of us. But if you're having problems, you need to tell me. I'm fine. I was just groggy, that's all. You've been forgetting things. I have not. You forgot me just now. I was dreaming. You forgot Dr. Reardon's name yesterday. And Peyton told me you forgot the conversation you had with her two weeks ago, too. That doesn't mean anything. It takes me a second to recall what she's talking about. You know how you looked just now? Like Remy did when we walked into his hospital room. After... you know. After they stole part of his mind. God, could she be right? Have I been forgetting things? I stared down at the bed, wishing I could dive back under the covers. Maybe Cassie's right. Could something be wrong? I'm sure it's just stress, right? Maybe it's being back here. <laughs> that weird generator. Okay, then why isn't anyone else forgetting stuff? <sighs> Maybe it has something to do with Remy's study. Do you remember that list of side effects? Heart palpitations, loss of speech, memory loss? Then why aren't you forgetting things? You were in the study too. I should never have enrolled us. Don't say that. I'm glad you did. Really. I wouldn't know the truth about Remy. I also wouldn't have met Peyton. More of last night is coming back to me. Peyton's panic attack. My hand on her forehead. Her voice. Please don't leave. But then, something else. The two of us staring out a window. Peyton saying something. A name? Cassie pulls me to stand. Maybe there's something Remy can do. We've been looking at Judith's equipment. Remy says some of it rings a bell. I think if we had a little more time... More time? Cassie, no. We agreed to stay until the morning. That was all. Alex, please. I finally convinced Trina that Judith tampered with her mind. You should see her. She's furious, the same way I feel. I'm doing this for the good of the group, Alex. Not just myself. <laughs> How selfless of you. As soon as the words come out of my mouth, I know I've gone too far. I don't want to snap at Cassie. I just hate feeling vulnerable. I prefer being in control, especially of my own mind. <sighs> Sorry. I didn't mean that. I'll be fine. Seriously. Actually, you might not be fine. <gasps> what? Both our heads snap up at the new voice. When I see the tall, broad, graying woman in the hallway, my recognition is crystal clear. It's Judith. Cassie jumps to her feet and shoots out an arm in front of me like a shield. Oh my god! Don't come any closer! I'm not going to hurt you. But you're not going to get better, Alex. And I don't think what's happening to you is because of Remy's study. We never should have come to Amazaj. Of course Judith returned. This is her house. And although she isn't holding a weapon, we are on her turf. 
and she knows this place best. We're surrounded by equipment that's engineered to siphon out memories. And that's just the medical devices we know of. What if there are others with her? Other doctors like Reardon? I look around for somewhere to run, but Judith has us backed into a corner. Literally. There's no other door that leads out except the doorway she's standing in. Judith wears a long white tunic and linen pants like she's about to spend a day poolside in Palm Springs. But her expression is far from zen. She stares at us with a mix of surprise and something else I can't put my finger on. Please just let us go. Cassie, I won't hurt you. I'd never hurt you. Don't believe her. She's lying. I grasp Cassie's wrist. I'm not an idiot, Judith. We came to make sure that you weren't hurting anyone else. Alex, what's going on? Remy appears in the hall. Even though he can't locate Judith in his memories, Cassie's and my expressions must say it all. Don't touch them. I'm calling the police. People, I just want to talk, okay? Let's all calm down. Funny, that's what you said in the woods. Right before you pulled out a gun and nearly shot my daughter. And what did you do to Remy in the hospital? Judith barely glances Remy's way. Uh, let's not worry about that right now. Mm, easy for you to say. But Judith is still looking at Cassie. What you should worry about, Cassie, is your daughter. Whatever's happening to her, I think it's serious. What a... How do you know about that? Cassie's eyebrows shoot up. I've been watching her. You're right. Her memory is something to be concerned about. We all freeze. What do you mean? You've been watching me. Clever of you to disable my cameras. But I already knew you'd come here. I put a GPS tracker on your van. Interesting choice, staying at Heather Lake. Does that cabin even get heat? She knew we were at Heather Lake this whole time? That makes no sense. If you've been watching us, why didn't you come for us? Why didn't you... erase us? But then I consider what's going on in my head. Maybe Judith already did? I'm not a monster. I care about you and Cassie very much. But I've been noticing how you're slowly remembering less and less, Alex. You weren't even this way when you were here last, uh, two weeks ago. You were sharper, uh, clearer. Something is happening to you. Yeah, that's what I've been wondering, too. I shoot her a look. How dare she indulge Judith? But I see what you're doing, Judith. You're trying to get us to drop our guard. Just hear me out. I want to investigate what's going on with your memory, Alex. I think I can help. <laughs> you really think I'm that dumb? I'm just going to study you. Ask some questions. Have you take some tests? Uh, medical tests, nothing experimental. But I might be able to figure out what's going on. I have a lot of great testing equipment in my lab. Equipment I very much doubt any of you can decipher yourselves. Remy gives Cassie a sidelong glance. Well, it would take me months to make heads or tails of that laboratory alone. With someone to explain it all... I can't believe what I'm hearing. In exchange for what? My sanity? No, 
in exchange for some clarity on what's happening with your memory. What's happening is that I'm stressed. I'm not submitting to your lab tests for that. You're not just stressed. Want to know why I believe that? Because you have a god complex? It's because I've tried to help someone else who I think has your same condition. My son. She gestures out the window. A figure stands by a tree, staring into space. He has stringy shoulder-length hair and lanky arms and legs. There's something blank about him. Like he's there, but not there. I saw this person. Out the window. Last night. That's Ned, Peyton said. Who is that? N Ned. My only child. My pride and joy. But something happened to him a few years ago. It's the same things I'm seeing in you, Alex. All kinds of alarms are going off in my head. Why didn't we see this guy last time we were here? Did we? Do I just not remember? But I glance at Cassie, and she looks just as confused. You met him, Cassie, 22 years ago. But he was a different person then. I never met Ned. But then Cassie's lips close. I can tell what she's thinking. She actually has no idea what happened at Amizaj because Judith tampered with all those memories. Ned is happiest out in nature. Especially walking by the pond. He loves fish. You saw his favorite spots, actually, yesterday, on the surveillance videos, before you shut them all down. Judith stares at me. I recall the camera views of a wooded path and that spot by the pond. The interior bedroom camera must be where Ned sleeps. Those fish drawings, are they his? Your son has memory issues, and you left him alone for weeks? That's why I have cameras set up, to keep an eye on him. The only reason I came back is because the cameras went dark. I needed to make sure he was all right. If I hadn't disabled those cameras, would Judith have stayed away? He's a gentle soul, doesn't make trouble, but compared to who he used to be, he's a shell of himself. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. 
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Judith turns to Cassie. I'm a mother, just like you, and I've lost my son. I want to figure out why. Cassie makes a small strangled noise at the back of her throat. Uh... But I roll my eyes. Don't pretend you have a heart. You're probably lying about all of this. Actually, she's telling the truth. About Ned, anyway. Trina and Peyton have appeared in the hall behind Remy. Shit. I was hoping they'd escaped at the first sign of Judith. Ned really is her son, but anyone can be a mother. Even terrible people. It's time to tell the truth, Judith. What have you been doing to us? Judith sets her mouth in a line. We outnumber her, I realize. For once, she's not the one in power. Look, you're overreacting. I can explain. You deserve to go to jail. You can't tamper with lives like this. I don't want anyone to get hurt. But like I told the others, if we can't have a civilized conversation, I'm the one who has the right to call the police on you. You're in my home. I didn't invite you here. There's a long pause. Everyone glares at one another. <clears throat> uh, Trina, let's, let's hear her out, okay? Trina looks at him like he's crazy, but Peyton places a hand on her arm. It's okay, Mom. Slowly... Trina folds her arms, still glaring at Judith. As a child, my son was brilliant. In fact, he remembered things too well. He was so good with dates, ridiculously smart with trivia and details conversation. But about five years ago, something changed dramatically. Nothing was familiar to him anymore. People, places, names, things he'd done the day before. It was terrifying to watch. I researched treatments for Alzheimer's, drugs for dementia, other neurological disorders on memory. I pulled strings to get Ned enrolled in experimental trials, drug programs, but nothing worked. I did environmental tests on the property, genetic scans, allergy screens, but eventually I hit a dead end. Believe me, you don't want this to happen to Alex. You don't want to lose her. Judith turns to Cassie and touches her elbow. Cassie lets out a choked whimper and buries her face in her hands. This isn't fair. This woman stole things from my whole family. 
shot at my father, and now she's asking for our sympathy? How can you be so sure what's happening to me is the same thing that happened to your son? Because it's progressing in the exact same way. At first, Ned forgot small things, recent memories, unimportant conversations, and then it got worse. I'm not trying to trick you, I promise. And if you haven't been able to help Ned, what makes you think you'll be able to treat me? One of my biggest hurdles in treating Ned was that his disease didn't look like any other patient's. He didn't have the plaque buildup or genetic markers found in Alzheimer's patients. His blood works showed no signs of vascular dementia. If I could compare your blood work and brain scans to his, well, if there's an answer, you might be the key. I find myself glancing at Remy. He grimaces and gives me a weak shrug, as if saying, that does sound plausible. If Alex needs a doctor, I'll take her to someone legitimate. No, no other doctor will know where to start. You'll waste months. Months Alex can't afford doing tests to rule out more common conditions I already know she doesn't have. By that time, her memory might be completely lost. Cassie flinches, but only for a moment. Or you could be bluffing. We don't trust you. Then tell me what I can do to earn your trust. I want my memories back. The ones you stole. Cassie! I don't like her bartering me for her memories. Neither, it seems, does Remy. Come on, Cassie. Are a few memories really worth risking your daughter's safety? My chest warms. Judith, meanwhile, sniffs. I removed memories for the good of both of you. But I don't expect you to understand. Don't pull the we're not smart enough card. I never asked to have my memories taken away. Trina scoffs. Me neither. Are you sure about that? Judith gazes at them for a long beat, unblinking. Cassie and Trina glance at one another. No, I would not have asked you to take away memories. I wouldn't. Cassie steps closer to Judith. If we let you look at Alex, you have to help us. Excuse me. I don't want to be a lab rat, and I don't want to be a bargaining chip. I want my memories back as much as you do, Cassie, but- Peyton and I have been here longer. Who knows how much Judith has stolen from us? We should get ours restored first. Peyton's eyes go round as saucers. Mom, I don't know about this. Judith lifts a hand, and everyone falls silent. I hate the way she can still command us. The memories I've removed from you all can be returned, but it's complicated and very arduous. It will take a lot of time, and I want to get to Alex as soon as possible. But I will restore one person before I turn my attention to Alex. And it's your choice who, Alex. What? I have to pick? This is so unfair. What if Judith restores one person but refuses to work on anyone else? How can I pick any of them at all, at the expense of my own mind? I hate the idea of being a guinea pig. Judith's guinea pig, too. But my gaze keeps flitting to Ned outside. Should I believe Judith? 
But then something flickers in my brain. It's a memory of Cassie's. I can tell by the way it comes on. Whole and a little jarring. A fully downloaded mini-movie. Just like that. I'm in my mother's younger body. And once again, she's here. At Amazaj. Staring out into the pond. The water sparkles. There's a big rock jutting out about five feet from the shore. There's someone sitting on the rock. His feet dangling in the water. A fishing pole in one hand. He's a teenager. His hair is shorter, and his bare chest shows off a muscled physique. But his face shape is familiar. Ned. He smiles at Cassie. Hey, Cassie, how are ya? Hey, Ned, catch any fish? <laughs> nah, nothing yet. Well, your mom's looking for you. Says it's almost dinner time. All right, thanks. Ned gives her a jaunty salute. And then the memory goes dark. I tumble back to myself, feeling breathless. Just like all of the other memories of Cassie's, it feels like a part of me. But I want to fight against it. But I know it happened. Ned was like that. Once. I glance out the window again, noting that the slumped figure on the lawn hasn't moved. What happened to him? It feels like I'm about to jump off a cliff. But I can't answer. Not yet. I need some time. I brush past all of them, my heart pounding hard. I need out of this house. Now. You're listening to Memory Lane Season 2. Created and produced by Realm, your portal to another world. Listen away. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Memory Lane is written by Sarah Shepard, produced by Rhoda Bayessa and Haley Wagreich, associate produced by Michael Coulter, and executive produced by Molly Barton. Performed by Emily Wu Seller, Leanne Marie Dobbs, Elliot Schiff, Tiana Camacho, Julia Nippen, Mike Carnes, Lena Klingeman, Sherry Wishard, and Kaylin West. Directed by Amanda Rose Smith and Kaylin West. Produced by Kaylin West. Sound design and post-production by Tim Franklin. Editing by Corey Barton. Original theme composed by Amanda Rose Smith with digital orchestration by Andrew Rowan and Max Kuttner. Music supervision by Amy Parker. Cover design by Kendall Thomas. Special thanks to Ellen Goodlett.